What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Jeremy Larry. So yesterday was NFL Cut Day. Every single roster in the NFL had to go from 90 players to 53 by 4 o'clock yesterday. So I'm going to give you a breakdown of NFL Cut Day with all of the surprise cuts and where guys have ended up if they were picked up by teams already. So we'll start off with the Houston Texans, who cut starting linebacker Christian Kirksey, who started 29 games for them the last two seasons. He actually had 124 tackles last year, along with seven tackles for a loss, seven quarterback hits, two interceptions, and three sacks. He still has something left in the tank at the age of 30. He was picked up today by Buffalo's practice squad, wants to contend, and I think he's a very underrated player still, even at 30 years old. Even though he's had success in the NFL as a starting linebacker, he's still underrated. And I don't think it really would take him that long for him to be on the defense for the Bills if there is an injury. He's a guy that could definitely contribute to a Super Bowl defense. Quite a pickup by them. Giants cut running back Jay Sean Corbin, which was a surprise cut for sure, considering he was the Giants' best back just about in the preseason. He actually was second in rushing yards for the Giants in the preseason for running backs, but he did have the most juice out of any running backs in the preseason for the Giants. But the Giants cutting him meant that it meant Gary Brightwell would make the roster. And at the end of the day, everybody knows I'm a big Gary Brightwell fan, and now this is another life for GB in New York. Brightwell gets another shot in New York, and I think he's a guy that could definitely make plays if given the opportunity for this Giants team. He's a guy that can contribute on special teams, and that obviously probably played a big role in him coming back for the Giants. Corbin was picked up by Carolina's practice squad, wishing him nothing but the best there in Carolina. Next up, the Patriots released quarterback Bailey Zappi, which now he's back on the Patriots practice squad. It was really a flurry of events yesterday, though, when the Patriots made the decision to release some right at the deadline. Everybody in Boston Sports Radio was going nuts because Bailey Zappi was cut. Then a minute later, Jaron Duran was announced out for the year for the Red Sox. And then another minute after that, Malik Cunningham was waived by the Patriots. So it was really a flurry of events in a three-minute window. Quite a roller coaster in Boston sports there. Uh, everybody's going nuts, though, on the radio about Zappi. But I think it's still not a good sign. Even though he's back on the Patriots practice squad now and he did have offers to join other practice squads, he chose to join the Patriots instead. It's still not a good sign of the Patriots trusting him if they were willing to cut him and see if anybody wanted him, which nobody did enough to sign him and put him on their 53-man roster, which shows how little faith that any other team had in him. And I'm not saying Bailey Zappi can't contribute in the NFL as a backup, but if he was good enough and teams thought he could be a potential project to build around and maybe make a starter one day, they would have gone out and added him to their roster. Nobody else did. He's back on the practice squad, and that was the best he was going to do on any other team. And I think it showed during the preseason he was not a fit for Bill O'Brien in this team's offensive playbook. In the last preseason game, there was a clip on the sidelines where you could see Bill O'Brien screaming, yelling on the top of his lungs at Bailey Zappi. And it just shows that there was really not much trust for Bill O'Brien in Bailey Zappi. I don't really think he really fit Bill O'Brien's system, and I think Mac Jones was the best option no matter what. I know everybody really bought into the Bailey Zappi hype last year, the Zappi fever people were calling it. Everybody bought into that last year and even this year as well, but during the preseason, he really struggled. And I always thought even last year that Mac was better and a better option, and I still think it. Zappi did play last year in limited opportunities, did win a couple games, but still, at the end of the day, he was doing it against poor defenses and with limited expectations. Mac Jones had all the pressure on him last year. Bailey Zappi steps in as a backup quarterback with not really much expectations, and nobody really cared much to fight for him last year before Mac Jones really struggled. And then once Bailey Zappi steps in, makes a couple plays, everybody's going, bring Zappi in and get rid of Mac. Everybody was against Mac. After Max struggled, and Zappi did show some promise in a couple games where he started in the Patriots one. But in reality, I don't think Bailey Zappi is a future starting quarterback in the NFL. I think he's a backup quarterback, 
And I think that's what shows here with nobody else picking him up, and especially the Patriots being willing to cut him. I don't think they really had much trust that anybody else was going to pick him up. That was a risk they were willing to take, which shows that they do have some limited trust in him. I thought the Patriots could have maybe added Giants quarterback Tommy DeVito, who the Giants waived during yesterday's cuts. DeVito ends up back in New York on the practice squad for the Giants. Really like what I saw on him in the preseason. Could be a good project to build around for the Giants in the future as a backup. Other options right now for the Patriots at the backup quarterback position include Matt Ryan, who's currently a free agent, Carson Wentz, Trevor Simeon, who was cut yesterday, Joe Flacco, who's still a free agent, and then I thought Will Greer, but I just saw that Will Greer was actually signed by the Cincinnati Bengals, and now he's on the Cincinnati Bengals practice squad, and he's a guy that really went off in Dallas's last preseason game this weekend, really showed out and had a great game, and part of the reason is because Dallas knew he wasn't going to make the roster after they traded for Trey Lance, so they said, hey, we'll give you one run here. In the last preseason game, play every snap, and maybe he could be an audition for another team. And he had a 122 passer rating, 29 of 35 passing, 305 yards, 45 yards on the ground, four total touchdowns, and no picks. Now ends up with the Cincinnati Bengals. So that's not a bad landing spot for him. But the Patriots do have some options for guys to pick up for the backup quarterback position. Maybe Nick Foles, who did beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and he was a quarterback for the Eagles when Carson Wentz went down. But there is a chance they go out and look at him. We'll see what the Patriots do. The Patriots also waived quarterback slash wide receiver Malik Cunningham. And this is a guy that I think could be a good gadget piece for any team in the NFL in the red zone. You could run options with him in the red zone. He's very dangerous when you give him a chance to make the defense guess. Is it going to him or the running back? Because he makes you miss a lot of the time. He sells a lot of those fakes. And the Patriots were hoping that Zappi and Malik Cunningham both cleared waivers and ended up back in the practice squad. And that's what happened. Both guys end up back on the practice squad for the Patriots. And I always thought it was more likely that Malik Cunningham would end up back on the Patriots practice squad. I thought Zappi did have somewhat of a chance at getting picked up elsewhere. And obviously things didn't work out there, and now he ends up back on the Patriots practice squad. But I thought it was more of a risk to let Zappi go on waivers than it was Malik Cunningham. I thought there was a better chance at Malik ending up back in New England than Zappi. I thought Zappi did have a chance of getting picked up, but the way things worked out for the Patriots, both guys are back on the practice squad. So things did work out there for Bill Belichick. And obviously everybody was frustrated yesterday on the radio at both of those cuts. Now both guys end up back on the practice squad. If a team wanted to pick up any of these players that were waived, they have to put them on the 53-man roster. Nobody thought that either of those pieces were worth adding to the active roster, the 53-man roster, which obviously every team had to get under 53 yesterday. So in order to add a player on waivers today, they had to get rid of one of the players that made the team yesterday. And it looks like things worked out there for the Patriots, though, with both guys being back in New England. But for Cunningham, with him being back in the Patriots practice squad, that's a great thing for the Patriots because I think he's a guy that has athleticism, that warrants him enough to be on the roster at some point this season. You could bring him in, in the red zone or in short yardage situations, and make the defense guess, is he going to run? Is it going to be a handoff? Is it going to be a bootleg? You can make the defense completely guess when you have a mobile quarterback out there like Malik Cunningham. And you're not going to have that same impact on the defense with whether it's Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones running, let's say, a bootleg. Because they're not as mobile, obviously, as Malik Cunningham. So I think that's a good thing for the Patriots with him being back. I think he could be a good piece for them to build around as a project for the future. I think he's a guy that definitely could be on an active roster in the NFL as a backup. I thought maybe even in Baltimore, maybe with the Ravens. If the Ravens ever decide to get rid of Tyler Huntley, I thought Malik Cunningham would be a good guy to add to that roster because he can run similar to Lamar Jackson, and they obviously had similar playbooks at Louisville. Obviously, they were there two different times, but Louisville kept just about the same playbook between the Lamar days and the year after with Malik Cunningham because they both can run and pass and both lit up the ACC for rushing records with highlight after highlight each and every week. So not a bad pickup there, though, for the Patriots on the practice squad. Happy to see him back there. I know a lot of people are rooting for him to be on the active roster at some point this season, including myself. 
Next up is the Giants cut swing tackle Tyree Phillips, who now ends up being back in the practice squad. But with him being cut, it definitely was a surprise. Played serviceably last year for the Giants in Evan Neal's absence with an injury. And now he ends up back on the practice squad. Can play left tackle, can play right tackle. I thought he was going to make the active roster, but ends up back on the practice squad. I guess nobody else really wanted to pick him up and add them to their 53-man roster. Next up is the Cardinals releasing quarterback Colt McCoy a couple days ago. And that was definitely a surprise. A guy that... At one point, it was supposed to be their starter for the beginning of the season with Kyler Murray being down with the ACL injury. And then the Cardinals end up moving in a different direction. And I think the Patriots could be a team of interest here for McCoy. He's a veteran quarterback who started three games last year for Arizona. Very good leader in the locker room. Could be a good mentor to Mac Jones. Had one touchdown last season passing with three interceptions. And he was with the Giants in 2020 and helped out the Giants a lot with Daniel Jones going down with an injury midseason. Got a big win over Seattle at one point in Seattle on the road when nobody gave the Giants a chance. The Giants were heavy underdogs in that game. Colt McCoy found a way to win there for the Giants. And I'm not sure who's going to start now in Arizona because now it's down to Clayton Toon, who they drafted in this year's draft, and Josh Dobbs, who they just recently acquired in the trade. I think it should be Clayton Toon. Toon's an underrated player, and I think he could be a great development piece for them in the future. And I said this the other night with Mike Hurley. Me and him both agreed. Neither one of us believes in Kyler Murray much. And I think Toon could be a good developmental piece for that Arizona Cardinals offense. They're going to have a high draft pick in this year's draft coming up, so they're going to get a quarterback probably then, maybe Caleb Williams from USC. So it really won't be much time for Toon to really get an opportunity here with the Cardinals, but I think it's a good opportunity for him to be a starter. As for Colt McCoy, he is still available, and we'll see where he ends up. I think the Patriots could be a good destination for him, as I noted. Next up is the Texans cutting cornerback Desmond King, who sent a $10 million extension this year in the offseason, then ends up getting cut now, and now ends up with the Pittsburgh Steelers being picked up today, I thought Miami could be a good spot for him since Jalen Ramsey is out for a lot of the season, but he ends up signing in Pittsburgh. He had 89 tackles this past season for Houston with 10 tackles for loss, two quarterback hits, two fumble recoveries, two interceptions, eight passes defended, and also was very versatile in the return game. 33 punt returns for 309 yards and also a kick return for 50 yards as well. Could definitely help on special teams. Great add there by the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's definitely a guy that they're going to add in right away as a return man, and also can help out at the cornerback position as well. Had a very good year last year for the Texans. Once again, another very underrated player on that Texans team. Desmond King, Christian Kirksey, both on a bad defense last year in Houston. They're both very underrated players, though, and obviously good pickups there by Buffalo and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Next up is the Colts cutting wide receiver slash return Isaiah McKenzie today, leaving them with just three wide receivers at one point on the roster, and now they just re-signed him in the last few minutes. They still need to add wide receivers, though, considering they now only have four receivers on the active roster. Last year, McKenzie with the Buffalo Bills had 42 catches for 423 yards and four touchdowns. He's definitely a guy that can help out that Indianapolis Colts offense, a team that's, I think, really going to struggle this season, uh, in my eyes, offensively, especially if Jonathan Taylor does end up sitting out. They maybe could add Jamison Crowder or even Jadon Mickens, who the Giants just cut. Mickens is more of a return man than a wide receiver, but Crowder could definitely help them out on offense at the wide receiver position. They could definitely use him. He's a good safety blanket, honestly performed well. For the Giants in the preseason, the issue there, though, was that the Giants just had too stacked of a wide receiver room. Too many guys there that they either drafted or signed or brought in in the offseason. So there really wasn't much of an opportunity for Crowder to make the roster. So he ends up being cut. I think he could be a good add, though, there for the Indianapolis Colts. I think the Colts are going to struggle, though, offensively, like I mentioned. Although McKenzie being back definitely helps him a little bit. He's a dangerous return and adds a lot of speed there in the offense. It could definitely help Anthony Richardson move the ball down the field. He's a rookie quarterback. He's going to need some help on offense and some receivers. Obviously, Michael Pittman is a top receiver in that offense. Alec Pierce 
will end up being the second option there at the wide receiver position, but they still need more depth there, just four wide receivers there for the Colts. I think they're going to really struggle this season, uh, but I think they could definitely go out and add more receivers now in the next week before the season begins. The Bengals cut return man and wide receiver Trent Taylor, which was a surprise to some considering he was a very good returner for them last season. He had five punt returns of 20-plus yards last year, averaging 14.5 yards per return on the season. Also added in six catches for 62 yards and four rushes for 15 yards as well. Wasn't really used much as a wide receiver. It was more just a guy that they were going to use on special teams, but still a surprise nevertheless. The former Louisiana Tech standout wide receiver was drafted by the San Francisco 49ers in the 2017 draft. Now ends up with the Chicago Bears. At a position of need for them at wide receiver, even though he's probably just going to contribute more on special teams, but a very dangerous receiver there going to the Bears. He's definitely going to help them out with field position every week, just like he did for the Cincinnati Bengals. The Giants cut cornerback Amani Oruarie and also wide receiver Cole Beasley. Both of them are back, though, as practice squad members for the Giants. For Cole Beasley, he was injured, so the plan was for the Giants to add him to the practice squad, let him get his leg back on track, and then end up on the active roster at some point on the season. The Giants also had Donna Holmes on the border of making the roster or not, Donna ends up taking a pay cut to stick around in New York, which is huge in my opinion, and I'm happy to see that. Donna is a guy that's very underrated, and I think he receives a lot of unnecessary criticism by people. And even though he has had some issues with some penalty calls, I think he's a guy that plays very hard, is a very good cornerback as well, considering the Giants needed somebody to step up over the last couple of years at slot corner and even on the outside sometimes, and he's stepped in and has been serviceable and I think he's better than what most people give him credit for. Happy to see him back in Big Blue for another season. Next up is the Bengals cutting quarterback Trevor Simeon yesterday. He ends up losing the backup job to Jake Browning there in Cincinnati. I think Simeon is a very serviceable and respected backup. I think he's going to get a job somewhere else. But with Browning winning the backup job and then them also adding in Will Gurr in the practice squad, just wasn't really much room there for Trevor Simeon. So now he's going to get an opportunity elsewhere for sure. As I said, very respected backup in the NFL. Maybe the Patriots go out there and look at him. The Patriots had a very active day yesterday, like I mentioned, cutting Malik Cunningham and Bailey Zappi, both of them now being back in the practice squad. But they also had a big decision to make at the kicker position, which they had Nick Folk as their kicker for the last four seasons now. He was a very good kicker for the Patriots in four years. With 108 made field goals and 121 attempts, with an 89% accuracy, Pretty good kicker for the Patriots over the last four years. Very reliable, especially 35, 40 yards and in. But the Patriots drafted Chad Ryland in the fourth round in this year's draft. And they ended up having a training camp battle between Ryland and Folk. And it made sense for the Patriots to go in a different direction than Nick Folk. When you draft a player in the fourth round, especially as a kicker, they probably have to make the roster. And you can't carry two kickers. It's not really a position you can ever carry a backup in. Ryland has a stronger leg than Nick Folk, but is less accurate than Folk. Folk ends up being traded for a seventh-round pick to the Tennessee Titans, who needed a kicker. So things worked out there for the Patriots and the Titans. As for the Saints, they cut cornerback Bradley Roby yesterday, which was a surprise to me. He was a starting slot cornerback for them last year, adding in 36 tackles and five passes defended. He's going to end up being picked up elsewhere for sure. Veteran cornerback that has had a lot of experience in the NFL and playing in playoff games, even winning a Super Bowl there in Denver at one point in the Peyton Manning days. So I have a couple more players here to mention, one being Giants linebacker Tamon Fox, who the Giants cut, and that was definitely a surprise to me. He was a guy that showed flashes last year in the preseason, even contributed last year during the regular season, and then this year in the preseason as well, was productive for the Giants defensively. Now he ends up back on the Giants practice squad, which is good to see him stick around for the Giants there. But the Giants made a trade yesterday, which really kind of sealed the fate of Tamon Fox and also O'Shane Zimenez on the active roster. That was the Giants adding in Bills defensive lineman slash linebacker Boogie Basham. The Giants end up sending 
a sixth-round pick in 2025 to Buffalo, and they get Boogie Basham back in a seventh-round pick in the 2025 draft. So the Giants lose, I guess, one round there of a difference between the sixth and the seventh round, but they get Boogie Basham back in return, a former terror on the edge in the ACC for Wake Forest, who had 10 sacks and 18 tackles for loss in the 2019 season for Wake Forest's defense. He has four and a half career sacks in the NFL, along with an interception. Played just 39% of snaps last year for Buffalo on defense, so got very limited opportunities there for the Bills. Ends up being the reason that O'Shane Zimenez is cut. O'Shane Zimenez now ends up back on the Giants practice squad, along with Darian Beavis, defensive lineman Ryder Anderson, and also Giants linebacker Tamon Fox all end up back on the Giants practice squad. But all of those guys were competing for roster spots at the end, therefore the Giants in the bubble. And with the Giants going out and trading for Boogie Basham from the Bills and also trading for Isaiah Simmons from the Arizona Cardinals, it really sealed the fate for a lot of these guys and the chances of making the roster, or at least the active 53-man roster, I should say, they end up back on the practice squad. But for Boogie Basham, though, he's a guy that got limited opportunities there in Buffalo. He's a guy that's a big defensive lineman, 6'3", 281 pounds. And like I said was very productive for Wake Forest on defense, and the Giants end up trading for two players that were very good in the ACC in the 2019 season, getting Boogie Basham, who played for Wake Forest, then also adding in Isaiah Simmons, who in his last year Clemson in 2019 had 104 tackles, 16 and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks, three interceptions, eight passes defended, a fumble recovery, and two forced fumbles, and they also add in Boogie Basham, like I said, who had 10 sacks, in 18 tacks or loss in 2019. Two of the best defenders in the ACC in the 2019 season. Two guys I saw play against Boston College in that same year end up now on the New York Giants defense. Two very good ads there for the Giants. Two guys that have a lot of potential that hasn't been reached yet. Hopefully the Giants can find a way to get them at their full potential this upcoming season for the Giants on defense. And the last thing now I want to mention is that the Indianapolis Colts end up not trading Jonathan Taylor. He's going to end up on the physically unable to play list and miss the first four weeks of the season. I think he ends up probably not playing at all this year, even though you never know how things are going to work out. He wanted out. The Colts end up never receiving a fair offer, and he wanted a contract extension if he was going to stay. They don't really want to give him the money he wants. He wanted to trade, requested one, but the Colts never got a return that they wanted. So they end up now throwing him on the PUP list, meaning he's not going to play for at least the four weeks of the season. And he's obviously a gamble to draft in fantasy. I think you're better off just avoiding him and not even thinking he comes back this season since you might draft him in the fourth, fifth round, let's say, because he's going to drop a few rounds in average draft position. And what happens if he decides not to play? Obviously a very talented back, but there is a chance that he doesn't play for the Colts this season. And an interesting thing I saw yesterday was that the Indianapolis Colts do not have a player over the age of 30 on their roster right now. They don't have one player over the age of 30. And as I said, I think this team really struggles this upcoming season, especially if Jonathan Taylor sits out. But they don't have one veteran on their roster. And when you have a young quarterback like Anthony Richardson, it could help to have a veteran backup quarterback that can maybe show him the ropes and be a mentor to him. But the way they're going right now, they're going with a lot of young guys and probably going for a high draft pick in next year's draft, which you'll hear my predictions with the sports guru, Mike Curley, on where we think each team will end up at the end of this upcoming season. That'll be recorded tonight, so you guys will hear it. Probably late tonight, it'll be uploaded. And as for the Colts, they wanted a great return for Jonathan Taylor, and a return that no team really wanted to give them. For example, the Miami Dolphins were interested in getting Jonathan Taylor to Miami, and they offered a package to the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts declined it, and they made a rebuttal offer that included Jalen Waddell. And there was no chance Miami would ever trade Jalen Waddell. So there was zero chance that any deal was going to go down between the Miami Dolphins and the Indianapolis Colts. 
The Green Bay Packers were, according to reports, interested as well. They have a loaded backfield, though. You, you have a backfield that already has a lead back in Aaron Jones and then a backup running back who's going to get more touches this upcoming season in A.J. Dillon. So at the end of the day, I don't think Green Bay really made too much sense to go out there and trade for Jonathan Taylor. They already have two very good backs there in Jones and Dillon. So going out and getting Taylor probably wouldn't have made that offense much better. They probably would have been better to go out and get maybe a wide receiver or maybe get an offensive lineman to try to help Jordan Love if they were going to go and try to add to that offense. Anyways, that will conclude this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. Hope you guys have a good one, and I will see you guys in the next episode, which will be the NFL predictions for this upcoming season with the Sports Guru Mike Curley. Thank you, take it easy, and I will see you guys in the next episode.